Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Danny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. As you know, and I know, the world is currently in a little bit of a panic. There's a lot of suffering around. There's a lot of fear around. There's a lot of pain and uncertainty. But we know through all of this that God is faithful. God is good. Throughout this podcast, which was recorded before the whole coronavirus, before this pandemic hit the world, but we decided and prayed about talking about suffering, why God allows suffering. Just want you to know before we step into this podcast that anything said on this podcast, there was nothing insinuated about the corona, about COVID-19, but about the understanding of suffering. It still applies to where we're at at the moment, but at the end of the day, we know that God is faithful. Suffering does not have the final say. So in this light, I hope you enjoy this podcast and let us go and prepare ourselves for this Sunday's liturgy, whether it is celebrated at the church or at home. Get your Bibles, study the Word of God, listen to the Word of God, and let it impact your life. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. And we're here in the downtown Bendigo and excited to be speaking to you all around the world. Danny, where do we get listeners from? Just to give them a quick shout out. Uh, we get listeners from everywhere. I think America, most of the people, Australia, Mexico, Brazil, European countries, Asian <laughs> countries, lots of places. It's actually crazy. Like I think over 60 countries. Over 60 countries. How amazing. And this is from a little room in, in Bendigo in a, a country, a country diocese. So just so you know, Bendigo is like an hour and a half, an hour, 40 minutes from, from Melbourne, which is in Victoria, Australia. And um, we're blessed uh, to be able to be part of this diocese and to serve this diocese. And part of what we do as this podcast is to serve the diocese of the of Sandhurst, which is actually, yeah, most of the headquarters of our diocese is just across the road. I think yeah. we have it here. <laughs> and I live just across the road on the other side. So I think the bishop put me here so that he can keep an eye on me. <laughs> but blessed, super blessed. Anything exciting happening for you, Danny, lately? I don't think so. <laughs> Not much. Not much. I'm getting a housemate. So that's exciting. Did you, did you find a housemate? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my girl, she moves in next week. She's a student, um, like a year older than me, studying speech pathology. Oh, wow. So yeah. you, you actually, when you have rental, like you had a house yeah. and then you um, wanted a housemate. So you put yeah. an ad on a website, then what? And then and they then, apply. Yes, yeah, so I like just put photos of my house up and then people just message me. And like I wrote a little bit by myself as well. And then I just kind of met with them. And then this girl was really nice and wanted to move in. 
Okay. And so, how many people did you interview in this process, for example? Um, look, I was a bit picky. I wasn't just going to invite everyone over to my house for a chat. That didn't yeah. sound like a great fun time. So I probably met like seven people. Seven people. Yeah. Wow. That's more than I met all of last year. You, you are in high demand. Your house. Yeah. yeah. Very popular. I think it's because <laughs> um, I cleaned it in the photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But anyway, now you have a housemate. So yeah. congratulations. So that's really good. It is exciting. And you can, th- that's the uh, part of that is to share, share the rent. That's the most exciting well. part. The most exciting <laughs> part. Not, not a, a, a big expense, a big burden on you as well. Mm. But it, I feel blessed, very blessed um, to be here. And today we're going to talk about what? Suffering. Suffering. <laughs> Suffering and pain. So this is an, an interesting topic um, that sometimes why God allows suffering, but also the cause of suffering. Where, where does suffering in, in a spiritual sense originate from? And uh, and so we'll delve into this, especially in this um, fourth Sunday of Lent in the scripture of that, in the context of, of this scripture. So I'm going to hand over to, to Danny and Danny will just um, proclaim the gospel for us. So this week's gospel reading comes from John chapter 9 and then it's one of the shortened ones. So it's from verses roughly 1 to 38 but it's just a few in there. As Jesus passed by he saw a man blind from birth. He spat on the ground and made clay with saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbours and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. So the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you are trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one you are speaking with is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. So this is a beautiful scripture about healing, um, the kingdom of God coming here on earth through Jesus's healing. And John, John, the, cha- the, the book of John, the gospel of John is called a book of miracles. So everywhere and throughout the, the gospel of John, we have one miracle after the other miracle after the other. Um, once I heard about this town, this Christian town that only had the gospel of John and uh, this uh, a remote country. I can't remember what it was, but I remember reading about it. And, and that's the only gospel they had. That's the only Christian document they had. And so this every church that they had, every prayer meeting that they had, they had miracle after miracle after miracle because that's all. The, that's the way they saw Jesus and that's the, the mountain-moving faith that brought, was brought about through the gospel of John. And so, again, this, we have this miracle of healing. 
But let's contextualize this, this scripture because you see, uh, it comes from the uh, a big debate that was happening between the Jews and and Jesus. Yeah, but this is actually, there's a verse about this that's actually left out of this shortened version. And it's the disciples asking Jesus about like, or why this, why this man is blind and like who sinned so that he is blind because this debate that was going on is the origins of sin and does it come from a person who is sinful and was born sinful or is it because their parents were sinful? Exactly. And the the conclusion to that, eventually we'll come to this, is that Jesus doesn't even answer that question, but he steps forward and he heals this person without addressing the actual question that they're asking. But it was a significant um, theological question because you see there were Jews who believed different things. There are some Jews that believe that sin came from the actual person themselves but this person was the scripture says this person was was born blind he was born afflicted so how could this child how could this baby this born sick person have sinned or was it the sin of their parents and so there's this debate but let's try and understand a little bit about about this suffering and this pain and where why they would have asked a question like this So let's talk about the two things that were brought forward. Either it was one, their own sin, the sin of this person who was afflicted, or two, the sin of their parents. So some Jews believe that sin could start from the from the womb, um, from. But as Catholics, as as Christians, we know that sin has to be intentional. You can't just sin. But let's go. Let's try and understand this. So here's the theology of it: that these Jews, some Jews, believe that the all souls, every single soul that exists and will exist and that on this earth, was created at one one moment and that is the moment before the creation of Eden so all souls were created and as people are born sort of there are souls that are inserted okay this one's born and at the time of conception not the time of birth but at the time of conception the soul was inserted into the 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 human being the being formed growing in in the mother's womb and so there's this idea that some souls were good and some were bad. Okay, but with some sometimes you get a good soul and maybe you're unlucky enough to get a bad soul. But if you have a bad soul, then you're going to be punished for that sin, the sin of the soul, the soul committed even before it was born. And so this was either manifest through um, homelessness, it was some kind of affliction, some sin, something that they would eventually be punished for. So the, then there's the good soul as well, so that the, the good soul was inserted into this forming human being. Uh, but you see, what happens is they believe that the, the soul of a good soul was so perfect that the minute it was inserted, the second it was inserted into a physical body, it became contaminated. And from there we have the theology, the understanding of what we call dualism, which is a heresy, which is a heresy because it's saying that the body is bad and the soul is good. And there's this dualism that everything of the body is hindering the soul when God and even through theology of the body, we understand that the the body is also created good and beautifully and wonderfully made by God. And together the soul and, and, and the body can 
can draw us closer to God. So that explains why they thought that, you know, maybe this was because he had sinned, even though he was born blind. So he was a baby. He couldn't have sinned. But they also ask about his parents. Why? Like, is that generational sin that meant he would have been blind? So that's a, a, another school of thought. There's this idea of generational sin. So we do believe in generational sin. We do believe that the sin of our forefathers, the sin of um, our previous generations affects us. The way we act, the way we, the attitudes we have, the further we separate, the previous generation separates from God. We suffer the consequence of that. So if I have a villa, a house that God has Someone has given me a tenant, uh, has, has said, hey, you can have this villa, this is all yours. But then we destroy it and we, we just break down walls and, and, and we, we um, paint over, over the walls and, and damage every room. And then the tenant says, the, the landlord says, hey, listen, um, I think you're going to have to get out of here. And one, when we sort of we're sent out of the house, when we walk away from the house, our children also don't have the house. Our grandchildren also don't have the house. So there is a consequence, generational sin. But you see, and even there's a lot of scripture to back this up. For example, I was reading this Exodus 20 verse 5. It says this, I, the Lord, your God, visiting the iniquity of the father's upon the children to third and fourth generation. So God himself is saying that, hey, uh, you, because of your iniquity, because of your sin, the third and even fourth generation will suffer from that. But it's not because God wants to punish us. It's because we've chosen to walk away from God. And when we decide to walk away from God, very often we take our families with us. Very often we take the next generation with us. And so uh, we believe in generational sin, but I, I also believe that Jesus Jesus has the power to break that generational sin, to, to bring us back to redemption, bring us back to him. So it doesn't mean just because your parents, your grandparents, great-grandparents have walked away from God that you are, have no hope, that you have no, no, no purpose in the kingdom of God. We can always walk back, even from the sins of our forefathers. So they're the two types of sin that the disciples were asking Jesus kind of were the reason behind the blindness of this man. But as you said earlier, Father Rob, like Jesus doesn't actually answer the question. He just kind of goes about business healing this man from his blindness. Yes, because Jesus, I think they were missing the point in asking um, who caused the sin, you know, and who are we to blame? Are we to blame this person? Or are we to blame his parents or her parents, you know? But Jesus says, no, look, look, it's not about whose fault it is. It's about the fact that God, Romans 28 verse 8 says that God can use every situation for the good of those who love him. And this is what God can use. God can take the suffering of a person and glorify the Father through suffering. And this is what God does. God takes our suffering and he, he showed this through, in this particular case, through a miracle. He healed the person. He spat into the ground, created some clay and put it over the eyes of this person to show that even if it is your sin, even if it is the sin of, of, of generations, God is more powerful than any iniquity, any affliction. But God is powerful in healing through the miraculous, yes, and God does 
perform miracles. And I myself have seen miracles over and over again, physical miracles. And why do we see miracles? Because we pray that in the Our Father. Every time we pray the Our Father, they say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this, that's what happens is heaven breaks through and brings about healing because it's a sign, a mir miraculous healing is a sign of heaven because in heaven there is no suffering, there is no affliction, there is no pain. And so God shows, and this is what Jesus did, he brought heaven on earth. Everywhere Jesus is, he brings about heaven. And so as a consequence of that is also healing. But there's not only the miraculous healing, there's also uh, healing through, through um, medicine and healing through, through practical things. In fact, Jesus did use something very practical. Yes. Yeah, so it was a belief that saliva had healing properties. Yes. So he knew that and that's why he spat in the ground. He made the clay and he used that, you know, as well as, you know, divine ability to heal this man. Yes. And so, the, the, uh, you know, like when you were young, I don't know if you ever had this and you had pain and your mom said, come, let me kiss this pain and the pain would go away. Comes from the idea of, of, of saliva as well. You know, that it is, saliva does have healing properties and, and it was used a lot, especially um, before we had a deeper understanding of, of medicine. But also Jesus performs this incredible miracle of healing of this person where they get to see where they could not see before. And so God is glorified. But what about those who are not healed, those who are not miraculously healed? Jesus still is glorified. He still is magnified through and um, through suffering. And I see this, for example, time and time again, when I go and anoint people and, and just to see sometimes the transformation in their hearts as they depend more on God, as, as the family is brought more together, as they receive the, the care and the love from the community, from the nurses, from the doctors, it is horrific. Suffering is, is, is terrible and it's terrible for families to go through. But it's also at the end of the day, Jesus wants to show that suffering is not the end. Suffering is, is, is not the worst thing that can happen to us. If it was the worst thing that could happen to us, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. You know, he wouldn't have suffered on the cross. The worst thing that can happen to us is us to be separated from the love of God. And very often if we allow God to be glorified, suffering actually brings us closer to him. Which I guess leads us to our topic for this week, which is why does God allow suffering? Um, so it's kind of a question that we ask, I think, a lot when they're suffering, when there's natural disasters or something terrible happens in the news or to someone we know, we're like, well, why would God let that happen? Do you have a theme song for us for suffering? I don't think so. I don't know many songs about suffering. Uh, it's Every day is suffering. That's shuffling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can sing this week then. No, no, no song for us from Danny. <laughs> A bit sad today, but it, we'll, we'll go on to this stuff. Like why does God allow suffering? I don't know. I don't know why, why God would allow suffering. But again, uh, to come back to the fact that God uses suffering and I've seen it so, so many times. And one of my closest friends who, who got um, cancer, um, Father Chris and Father Chris uh, was diagnosed with cancer and then died within three years. But he I, just the transformation I saw in his life as he allowed God to use this suffering and this pain. And I just honestly, I saw him through three years become this incredible saint, this person who loved God so deeply, so profoundly and affected the people around him as well. Until today, he died a few years ago now. I hear so many people talking about how 
God used his suffering to, to bring healing also in, in their lives and to accept suffering the way he embraced and accepted suffering. But still, that doesn't explain why, why God allows suffering. So, uh, again, th- we have many questions about why, why God would allow certain suffering in our lives. But the thing is, God never promised that there would never be suffering. But he promised to walk with us in and through the suffering. But it's so sometimes so easy to to want to blame someone, eh? Like these two, like the the Jews, they wanted to blame someone. They wanted to, someone to, um, to to say, was it the parents or was it the child's sin? But sometimes there's no one, there's nothing to blame, and there's just stillness, there's just silence, there's just walking with those who are suffering. And everywhere we look, there is suffering. There's often suffering um, in natural disasters, people innocently suffering. But at the end of the day, you know, even though we don't have words and we have sometimes want to blame someone for it. But one of the ways I, I, I like to look at it is, is that God walks with us. He journeys with us. He cries with us. God is in the suffering. God is in the pain. He's not afraid of the pain. He's not afraid of the suffering. The thing we need to be fearful of is allowing this suffering to draw us away from others and allowing suffering to, to make us bitter and sad and angry. While suffering very often actually draws us closer to each other, draws us closer to God, if we allow God to be glorified through this. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Uh, We love having you every week, particularly this week. If you have any feedback, any questions, anything we didn't answer that you wanted us to answer, please get in touch at FIG Ministry, social media, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook or Instagram Catholic Influencers underscore. We would love to hear from you. I'll try to think up a song for next week in advance. Um, But until next week, God bless.